You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, Jason, what do Abraham Lincoln, Abigail Adams, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, Eleanor Roosevelt, James Garfield, Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, and George Washington all have in common? <sighs> T-shirts, man. T-shirts. <laughs> that's, that's right. Their faces are on our ugly Christmas sweater T-shirts. And you can grab one of those over at electioncollege.com slash Christmas, and you will be the friendliest person to everyone. It suddenly makes your personality way better uh, if you have one of these t-shirts on. And uh, now don't go try and return it to Amazon if that doesn't really apply, but trust us, it will. Yeah. So if you want the gift of eloquence, kiss the Blarney stone. If you want the gift of being an awesome person, buy a t-shirt from us. Electioncollege.com slash Christmas. Election College, episode 242, Eliza Johnson. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. If I were to have a musical, Eliza Johnson would probably be the name of one of my characters, but she's not. And <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and she is, though, the chief character of our story today. Eliza McArdle was born in October of 1810 in Leesburg, Tennessee. And we don't know a whole lot about her because she was born into a family of a cobbler and there he was john mccardle making his shoes and um yeah he did the best he could but they were a family that struggled much like a lot of these scots irish immigrants to tennessee yeah so after her father passed away while she was a teenager uh she was raised by her mother there in greenville tennessee and she's at Ray Academy in September of 1826, probably just hanging out with her friends, uh, talking to some classmates, maybe about schoolwork, who knows. And she sees Andrew Johnson and his family pull into town and they have all their belongings there with them. They just moved in and Andrew is about 18. Eliza is about 16. And well, they pretty much know right away it's love. So at the home of Eliza's mother in May of the following year, so just a few months after they met each other, they get married and uh, live happily ever after. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the person who officiated the wedding was Mordecai Lincoln, who was related to Abraham Lincoln. Go figure. Wasn't there somebody else that Mordecai Lincoln married that we talked about recently? 
Yeah, Andrew Johnson. Oh yeah, forgot. <laughs> I forgot. So at the uh, at sixteen, Eliza is the youngest married woman who would become first lady. So yeah, that's kind of fun. And they say that Eliza was pretty tall. She had hazel eyes, brown hair, a good figure. Now we don't know what a good figure meant uh, because it's all relative, of course. But that's how she's described. And she's got a better education than Andrew Johnson. Uh, He is almost illiterate at this point. And he really credits her now and in the future of helping him learn how to do arithmetic, how to learn to write, how to learn to read, because he didn't go to school. Yeah. And Eliza is really propping up uh, her husband. And isn't it a shame that her, the description of her has to be like the physical appearance yeah. because dude, she had brains right. and like, it just gets me. But anyway, um, she really encouraged Andrew Johnson in the fact that uh, she not only helped uh, teach him to read and write and speak in a, in a public way. Um, she really helped refine the quality of his communication skills. Their daughter, in fact, Martha wrote that quote, it is a mistake. She taught my father the alphabet and this he had acquired before leaving Raleigh, but little has been written about my mother as she always opposed any publicity concerning her private life. She was the stepping stone to all the honors and fame my father had attained. Yeah. You also hear a lot of accounts of, Eliza being the reason that Andrew was a good public speaker, Um, you know, whether it was just a formal speech, whether it was a debate, whether it was just a conversation. uh, She had learned a lot of things about rhetoric and just being in a formal schooling setting taught her how to communicate well. And she was able to teach Johnson about a lot of that as well. And so they had a uh, just a small home across from the shop where Andrew Johnson was a tailor there at the beginning of their marriage. And uh, she actually convinced him to be part of a debating society. And, you know, this really pushes him forward as well, even further um, on his future endeavors. And of course, you know, he gets the credit and Eliza, all we know about her is she was his wife. So here we know that there's a truly a good woman behind every good man. So she's really playing an active role in educating their kids that come. And in 1840, uh, she had some help by a couple of African-American slaves, uh, one whose name was Dolly and her half-brother Sam. And there's a legend out there that says that uh, Johnson, Andrew Johnson, had uh, requested to purchase them. um, And they would have totally been okay with that because they thought Andrew Johnson was a very um, fair man. But Eliza was like, no, you don't own people. So she was a very principled lady and very devout uh, in her um, Christian uh, Methodist faith. Um, She did travel with Andrew Johnson to Washington, D.C., while he served in the House of Representatives. And she encouraged her kids to 
know what was going on with her dad's profession and to know about the political scene. And and the Johnsons kind of hung out with the Polks when uh, Polk was president. And uh, after the death of uh, James Polk, there was still a relationship there uh, with Sarah Polk uh, with the Johnson family. So the two of them together, and this is during all this time, had five children together. And uh, Martha, the oldest, she was married to a senator from Tennessee, David Patterson. And at times, she would actually be the one to go on to serve as the hostess at the White House uh, in place of Eliza. And their other children uh, were Charles, Mary, Robert, and Andrew Jr. And we talked about Andrew in the past episodes, and we talked about all of them really to some extent in past episodes. But what you need to know is that Eliza uh, gives birth to the last of the five children when they move to Greenville. And they think that at this point, Eliza had, you know, had five children. So her immune system is really weak. Her body is weak. And this might be the time where she first starts having some issues with tuberculosis. Her lungs are weakened. uh, Her system's weakened in general. And she can't do a whole lot at this point. Uh, Andrew Johnson gets elected to the governor of Tennessee in 1853. And Eliza is just like, I can't come to like the inauguration. I can't do anything. I'm really limited in my movements and things like that. And she's only 43 years old at this point. So it was also around this time that she's beginning to see that her son Charles is really struggling with alcoholism and not only Charles, but Robert. So, um, yeah, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, but Eliza couldn't do as much as she wished she could have done because of these bouts with her health and with suffering um, from what we do believe is tuberculosis. And um, in 1857, uh, Andrew is elected to represent uh, Tennessee in the Senate. And he lives there in Washington uh, while they're in session and Eliza chooses to stay in Greenville. And during that time, uh, she's managing the property uh, that they own. Uh, She's working in her church and she really is the prominent adult to uh, the children. And she was seen as being a a great grandma to uh, their five grandchildren So one thing you need to know about Tennessee and the whole Civil War thing, the people in East Tennessee were not all gung-ho about seceding from the United States. There were a lot of uh, people uh, from this area who were very loyal to the Union. However, the state seceded and so did East Tennessee. Well, what ends up happening is and we've covered this before, is that Andrew Johnson is the only Southern senator who remains loyal to the Union. And there's Eliza really as the only parental figure (laughs) being there in Tennessee by herself with her children and grandchildren. And the Confederate Army confiscates her house. Yeah. And they're telling her, hey, get out you can't be here anymore. You have to vacate. And she says, 
um, I'm too sick. I can't go. I know I will be in bad shape if I make a journey like this. Uh, eventually, about five months later, she does uh, write and ask for the necessary permits and everything to be able to move through the Confederacy and cross into Union territory. And uh, she is kind of considered a refugee at that point uh, in, in the Confederate-held territory. Yeah, there's a story of um, her going door to door. And then finally, uh, this family was like, oh, okay, come on. You can stay with us tonight. They were actually Confederate sympathizers, but um, they're like, no, you can't stay here the next night. Go. And she finally gets to Nashville. And there they are being harassed, she and her family. And this just starts a crazy trick, Ben, because they're given refuge in Nashville. So there they are in Nashville and they, they're trying to get to Cincinnati and it's like, they're, they are people, they're a family on the run and she's sick and she tries to get to VV Indiana uh, to have a health treatment at a sulfuric spa. And she meets up with her son-in-law, Daniel Stover and then they go over to Louisville and they are doing all they can to take care of her. Uh, they go back to Nashville trying to get to Washington, but they can't because of the weather. So you got a war, weather, and health, just the trifecta of misery. Andrew Johnson gets brought in as the military governor of Tennessee. And uh, while he is in that position, he makes a lot of different references in public speeches to the fact that his wife is being mistreated by the Confederate army and things like that. And instead of people finding that endearing and feeling bad for him, it prompts them to be more resentful of him and um, threaten his life more. And so uh, Andrew ends up going over to meet up with Eliza in Nashville in May of 1863, uh, but he was only there for a couple of weeks and went back to Kentucky for, uh, you know, out of fear of his safety. And of course, the threats against him, the fact that they're separated, the fact that there's a war that she is somehow a part of, probably just thinking, I didn't ask for any of this, uh, really just perpetuates the, you know, anxiety in her life. And uh, in 1863, their son, Charles, was killed in a horse riding accident, and this obviously just wrecks Eliza, um, as you can imagine. Yeah, and then so from there, Robert, her son, is dealing with alcoholism that he is forced to resign as a Union colonel, and then in 1864, in August, she takes him to the Lewis Sanitarium in Massachusetts for uh, treatment. And also she was going to seek treatment for her tuberculosis. And she sees the first signs of that in her son, Frank. So it's not only <laughs> for her and for her son, for her other son, there's uh, physical illness as well. And then in the midst of that, in December of 1864, her son-in-law dies unexpectedly. So just a rough time after rough time. And then you turn around and in March of 1865, Johnson is sworn in as vice president 
Um, probably a good thing that she missed out because I always have to mention, you know, the fact that Johnson got sloshed <laughs> at the inauguration. Yeah, yeah. That's a little comic relief. If you don't know that story, then Google it. It's really funny. And um, a month later, Lincoln is assassinated and she's frantic because she's like, my husband could be assassinated too. What's keeping him from being assassinated? So she uh, arrives in Washington in August um, and contrary to what a lot of people speculate, a lot of people speculate that she was so frail. She didn't do much as first lady. She actually did. Uh, She uh, welcomed people, uh, including the queen of Hawaii, uh, queen Emma. Uh, She played host to as first lady. Um, But anyway, a lot of misconceptions about Eliza Johnson being a weak woman when actually she was a very strong woman. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure she wasn't as active in the public eye as she would have preferred if she had been healthy. But the fact that amongst all of her health problems, she was still very active um, is uh, a testament to her fortitude and you know, just her willpower uh, in that space. Just before both she and her husband died, um, Robert, their son, had uh, taken his own life, and as part of the uh, the alcoholism um, that he was facing, most likely, and depression, of course, along with that. Uh, so you could imagine the the last few months of her life were probably wrought with sorrow and as was much of her life. Uh, but she continued to um, persevere and be a support for her whole family. Yeah. And she actually ends up outliving uh, her husband by five months in spite of um, her, what seemed like for most of her adult life uh, being very ill. So very strong, very strong woman. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We would love it if you headed over to iTunes and left us a brief star rating and written review even would be fantastic. We really, really, really appreciate it when that happens. And uh, you can do that on iTunes, mostly because it's where all the cool people go to get their podcasts ratings use whatever app you want to listen to them but uh, we would super appreciate it and do our little happy dance if you left us a review yeah and be sure to interact with us on social media believe it or not in spite of our celebrity status we do check our social media because you know we enjoy interacting with the common people no we are the common people so we love you all well most of you And speaking of love, all of your friends are going to love it when they see you in one of our ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts. Don't forget to head over to electioncollege.com slash Christmas, and you will be transported to a wonderful, blissful place on amazon.com. So do it. Your friends (laughs) will love you. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. When you 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.